This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. That's right. I'm in my mom's basement, joined by Nick and Dan. And how are we doing, gentlemen? Did not expect that line. It's aesthetically pleasing, though. I mean, you got some maps over there. What do you got? What's happening? It's true. It's true. My parents are always planning new trips and things. She's got like her post-it notes in a very organized fashion type A person. Uh, but Dan, I'm just seeding the interest to go to YouTube and see what is going on as we do our journey to 30K and that, you know, you get a little Brandon on the road edition this week. The real question is, is Ma Busby available to do some organization for Chelsea Football Club who are Seriously. in a state of disarray? Seriously. She definitely writes some better pressers, some briefs, actually get to what's going on since she's a, a trained journalist and now uh, award-winning producer of documentaries, Ooh, which is pretty impressive. Mama, there you go. That's awesome. Good for yeah. mom. Yeah. So anyways, uh, you all are here because you're dying to hear our Aston Villa match review, which we will give you. Uh, you know how it's going to be. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. We're dying to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's we, we certainly didn't delay the start of this podcast by 20 minutes talking about anything but the match. <laughs> Nothing. It's an undead podcast. We, we, we're unalive and we're coming to you from a zombified state. Doing our best in these trying times. So uh, look, another bad Chelsea performance in the books. Uh, another scoreless match. We'll, we'll talk about as best we can as we also have to look ahead to Brighton, which is not enjoyable or fun whatsoever right now. Um, but we'll jump into it like we always do with the three-word match for you. No sense in delaying. Dan, where do we start? Look, they ran the gamut today, and uh, there are some that are just not podcast appropriate. I, I, I just want to say, I see you. I recognize you. <laughs> the emotion is acknowledged. It just doesn't fit in a form factor where someone might just be listening to this for their kids. Just, you know, we, we've heard that before. But ones that might are like Roberts, where done being patient, Meg with the hurry up CFCW, that's right, the Chelsea women, will make a lot of us feel a ton better when we see them take the pitch very, very soon. Craig with the projects can fail with a group projects like GIF with uh, uh, Malcolm in the middle driving the <laughs> driving the golf cart into the water. The Sultan of SWAT with I Feel Robbed and highlighted that it was because of the officials' mischances and the weak goal that Watkins scored. You had Alex with the Bobby Sanchez P uh, Player of the Year. Bobby Sanchez. Bobby Sanchez. Sanchez. Yes. Blue London 1905 with red uh, Chelsea's version. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you know about Taylor Swift this weekend, Nick Verlaney, Kansas City, Travis Kelsey. Kansas City's being very chill and not at all way too amped up about the whole <laughs> Taylor Swift thing. So it's really nice to see that everyone's being calm about it, you know? So, well, cool. I mean, Good stuff. the only other celebrity to visit is Sudeikis. So, you know, this is kind of a big deal. Hey, hey, <laughs> calm down over there, okay? We have a ton of celebrities in this town. Tons. <laughs> and last one from Mr. Thurman, just with Stanford Bridge Collapse to just run us through Ugh. some examples of where people feel. Well, maybe he's talking about the redevelopment. Are we sure? Do we do we follow up with that one? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to you. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I did Potch's Blue Balls. <laughs> A man can't score. It's unfortunate. Whatever, whatever could you mean by that? It was. I was going to do something with lemons, but I'm just like, no, I feel like that was used enough in the pre-match. Potch is already trying to use lemons to buy himself a year and a half at Chelsea, which is clever. I don't know if it's going to work, though. Yeah, you don't think Potter thought of that? Please. Get out of here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with goal mouth force fields. Uh, for whatever reason. You they said that have, before, by the way. That's This is I not know. new. And it's <laughs> not. A repeat. Uh, so is this performance, though. So. Bam. How about that? Um, there seems to be a force field installed just for Chelsea players. It turns out that other teams can shoot through them, which they I feel it is un it's unfair um, to swap the ends. Uh, but the ball just kind of deflects off in different directions. Um, so if we could work on that with the ground stuff, I know there's been some changeovers the last couple of years, but perhaps we get the, the old crew back who did not install the force fields. I saw a couple of people put this one out, but I thought it was apropos. Uh, define the project. We need definition. <laughs> Dan, I know that you and I both, well, Brandon, you're, you're back in the game too. I know when you when you start a new project, typically goals and objectives, strategies, tactics, all laid out. 
you, you execute a plan, you have a project manager there to help make sure everything stays on track on budget. Milestones. Sure. Things you're going to check KPIs, in. KPIs, you know? Yeah. And Come if on. you're new age, even OKRs. Oh, yeah. Objectives, wow. key results, baby. Come on now. Depends if you've uh, gone through a consultant audit or not. <laughs> Clearly, we have not as we try to figure this one out. All right. Well, shout out to everybody who gave us their three word match reviews on Twitter and Patreon alike, aka Discord. Um, but we do, again, I kind of shout out at the beginning. We're still trying to grow a couple things. So if you'd be willing to support us for free, just quick five star Apple Podcasts or Spotify, sub to YouTube where you can see me recording from my parents. Uh, and then also Patreon Discord. We got some changes coming up. So check it out, uh, especially after these matches. During these matches, you need someone to talk to. Twitter's getting a bit unhinged. Uh, come hang out in Discord. I've been doing a better job of being in there. Dan's in there quite a bit. And if you tag Nick enough, he does show up every now and then. It's um, like Beetlejuice. You just have to you tag him three times. <laughs> I do I do sneak attacks in Discord and then I'm ninja ninja powder. I'm out. Boom. Exactly. And then quick reminder, Nick, on the pods that we have dropped in case anyone missed it. Yeah, so obviously Chelsea not playing as many matches, so we're going to try and do some different content this year. Um, so obviously a ton of Blue Royalty stuff as they get ready for the uh, for the season to start in October, I think October 1st, against Spurs at home at Stanford Bridge. So if you're in the UK, go to that. It's going to be great. Uh, you'll get to see goals at Stanford Bridge, which I think is a fun thing for everybody. Um, so they did two season preview episodes last week, uh, Jesse Abdullah and Ollie, and then, uh, Jesse Abdullah and myself did a couple this week coming up on, I think Tuesday, Thursday, uh, which are good. We kind of do some goofy predictions about the champions league, which is fun. That's a competition that is still at Chelsea, just on the women's side and, uh, and do a preview for, for Spurs. I also did an update with JJ about Strasbourg and blue co and everything that's happening at that club right now. And then, you know, Brandon, you did a Matt Law special. Dan, you did an excellent preview for Villa that didn't come true. So nice, nice nope. job. Yeah, don't promote that one. Just like, you know, <laughs> archive that one, take it off the feed. <laughs> so look, we're, 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 we're trying some new stuff. That's all. We're just, we're trying new stuff. Yeah, feedback on those is appreciated as always. But anyways, let's jump into the Villa match review. It was this past Sunday, the 24th of September in the Premier League. We're at Stamford Bridge in the scoreline in case you somehow missed it. Chelsea nil, Aston Villa one. Goals coming from Ollie Watkins because, well, of course he did. It took a red card and his debut goal of the season to really stick it to us uh, a bit obnoxious. No fifth stand highlights, but obviously if you want to go download the Chelsea fifth stand app, do it. Um... I would say wait for a win, but that would be a disservice to them. So, Dan, let's just jump into the lineup and see uh, how we how we did this again. Like it was Big Bob between the sticks with Malagusto. Big Bob. Uh, <laughs> We're getting yeah, a new down. name every week. Double oh down. Oh, my God. Double down. Axel DeSassi, Tiago Silva, and Levi Colwell as your defense with... Connor Gallagher, Moises Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez as your midfielders, Raheem Sterling and Mikhailo Mudrik alongside Nico Jackson as your attack. And look, we saw Ben Chilwell come off the bench. That was exciting for him, I'm sure, as well as a double change with Ugo Chukwu and Palmer and then Armando Broya. Let's just, you know, applaud it up for the young man coming back off of a massive injury, getting some minutes, uh, extra minutes even, because 11 minutes of stoppage time to the minute and a half of three minutes of stoppage time we played in the first half. And uh, look, you know, two goalkeepers on the bench, because, of course, along with Kukurea, Matson, and Washington. Uh, Chilwell came in because of the red card. So when you say good for him, it's kind of like, well, not for the team. Uh, we had to make it, some it changes out sarcasm. there. Sarcasm. I'm mm. just correcting mm. the record. Again, if you're not watching on YouTube, you probably didn't catch that. Uh, XG 1.35 Chelsea to 1.04 Villa, right? That's that's where we're at. We only had 53% possession. This really fell down in the second half. I mean, first half, if we were to click over, I'm sure it was 65% or higher. Uh, we ended up, again, first half, all top of Villa. We ended with only 10 shots, four on target. They had 15 shots, seven on target. Again, the red card was a turning point for them. They had a lift in energy, as you'd imagine, and they really came at Chelsea, and we had to survive. Um, from that point on, we had two cautions there, three. Obviously, we had the the red card. Um, we had three big chances, missed them all. They had one. They missed it, and kind of weird. I mean, this is one of those games where you look at the counterattack stat, Nick, and it's like, no shit, we didn't hit get any counterattacks because 
Villa were sitting, and this is time and time again, especially in the Premier League, teams are going to wait for Chelsea to come at them because they know Chelsea have their urgency, kind of the, the impetus to win the game. And so they just sit and wait. The fact we had no counterattacks, I like thinking back to the game, like, you know, it actually kind of makes sense. But the fact that they had three and they got shots on all of them and scored on one of them, it is a huge advantage. And as much as I'm friends with Matt Law, along with the two of you, when he talks about their midfield with Douglas Luiz and Kamara, I think it was, against um, Caicedo and Enzo, and he was like, oh, our midfield was way better. I'm like, your midfield didn't have to do nearly as much as those two did. And final point, Matt, I love you. If you had the chance to get Caicedo and or Enzo Fernandez, you would take them in a second over Kamara and Douglas Luiz. So, (laughs) my man. Yeah, no. Kamara did have a good game. He did. Just to be fair to him. And, and it's not to say that, you know, players that don't cost 800 million pounds can't be good uh, because they can be. Uh, I, I would say this. Uh, Chelsea go down to 10 men, obviously. It changes the entire scope of the game. The red card is a complete and utter fucking farce in this in this instance. It doesn't even make any fucking sense. Uh, but when Chelsea go down to 10 men, oddly enough, some of our best chances to score in the game happen after this. I thought we actually played admirably with 10 men today. I thought we continued to try and move the ball forward. We had plenty of attacks off the left with Chilwell uh, and Sterling to, to get our equalizer, potentially even get a winner. Uh, and uh, just there is just a lack of finishing at the club. And the one that really hurt was was Sterling with the two-on-one with the goalkeeper, shooting it right into the goalkeeper. I mean, it's just it's just rookie shit, unfortunately. And then and then Chilwell, who has scored some worldies at Chelsea, can't, you know, figure out how to hit the uh the far corner, which he's done a billion times in training, I'm sure. And so you look at those two chances, you look at some of the chances that we had in the first half that didn't quite come off, and you know, I, I listened to the preview, Dan. You guys you guys had a lot of it right, except for the the end product, right? And I think Sam was was great with his analysis, and I thought you made some good points too. It just didn't come off. I mean, Desasi, if he was on side and could place the, I mean, he would have been level on Premier League goals with Raheem Sterling. I mean, not a shoulda, coulda, woulda situation, but like we we were offside several times on promising attacks, and our timing between in transition for attack was really, really poor in this match. I mean, I think part of that, too, is is credit to Villa for holding their line effectively and making it super difficult for Chelsea to time it effectively. But, Brandon, I I think it was just... I I don't actually... I I don't know if I agree with the sense that, like, a lot of our best chances came after the red card because we only had, five like, five total shots after the red card came off and maybe, like... Some of the movement up into the point was really, really good. But, I mean, we actually had more of our shots kind of come in the kind of, you know, before that. And so, like, I guess maybe. We only had 10 total shots. Like, I I mean, the Chilwell shot and the Raheem Sterling shot, I think were our two most clear-cut chances of the game, personally. Nico Jackson, first half from the Jackson in the 24th minute. But, hey, either way, there was enough, like, the goals are the problem. We're we're gonna get into it, you know. So so hold on to that. Uh, good friend of the pod, Chelsea HQ, tweeting that this is our worst start to a top flight season after the opening six matches since 1978-79. And if you're fans of the Chelsea Fancast like we are, and you've listened to their decades uh, summer series, you know what was going on in the late 70s. And if not, it wasn't go, good. <laughs> go check it out. Right. That's where Chelsea fans earned their stripes uh, back then. And then Domino's Pizza UK says we've delivered about 852,609 pizzas since Chelsea last scored a goal. And that is annoying. I have been getting picked on a ton in group chats and on Instagram group chats and things like that. And I am over it. It's actually feeling like bullying instead of like a fun ribbing. So we're going to take our first ad break. But when we get back, we're jumping right into, you know, essentially what the hell is going on? Where did my Chelsea go? And when can I have them back? So thank you to the sponsors. And we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce NordVPN. 
If you're bored of U.S. streaming services, why not take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and at the click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. You know, like the name of the podcast to get a huge discount off of your NordVPN plan plus one additional months for free. It's completely risk free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. Threat protection, they've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there is literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll send you a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened, just like Chelsea's 2022-2023 season. Check out my link at nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. Nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. Okay, so essentially, if we were to just take it in stride, it's another loss for Chelsea. Our second in September after an international break. (laughs) So that doesn't help that stat. And it's our third scoreless match Overall, gut reaction, Nick, Villa loss is now just kind of compounding interest to the negative. Interest rates are variable. Our debt is quadrupling. Yeah, it's 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 a tough moment. I mean, look, I I think your interview with, with Matt last week was was really interesting. The fact that like this is our bed that we have to lay in. Right. Like there's not a whole lot of other, you know, of course you can go buy a striker. Right. No doubt. You could do that in January. Perhaps that's what we do. (laughs) Uh, But there's not a whole lot else that this organization can do on, on a footballing front. Right. Uh, Pochettino had a phenomenal preseason with this group. None of it has carried over. I still think our best performance of the season was against Liverpool in the first game of the season. And since that point, since Reese James got hurt and we had all these other injuries, it's been tough sledding across the board. Um, you know, I think friend of the pod, Chicago Dimitri, put out a great tweet saying that over the last three games, the thing that's baffled him the most is that we took away part of our, our secret weapon from the first three matches, which is the uh, service that um, Enzo was providing from deep um, and the amount of like over the top through balls that he was providing through to Jackson and how that balanced the team a little bit better than when he plays in the number 10. Uh, there, of course, have been other personnel decisions that are a little bit questionable or baffling. Uh, but at the end of the day, our our problems start and end with the fact that this team for the better part of go back to Lampard right before he got sacked has not been able to score goals efficiently or effectively. Um, Lampard one, not Lampard two, obviously. Um, this team struggles to score, man. I mean, they, they have for years. This is not a new problem. Uh, we have tried many different personnel groupings to get out of it. And it deflates everybody. I mean, what a goal can do in Stanford bridge. We we've been there when a goal can lift up a whole stadium. And when you just don't do that and you don't do it at home, I think this is the scary thing to me when you're not playing well at home, you're going to struggle in this league, man. I mean, this, this was an insanely winnable match. Villa are not good. You know, Matt might tell you otherwise. They're not good. That was a it was a piss poor display from them. Even against ten men, thought they were bad. This was a winnable game. This is a game that Chelsea of of your would have won. And 
I, I just don't know where the goals come from, right? I mean, there are people out there saying fire potch. There are people out there saying we're in a relegation battle. There are people out there taking the piss because they can and they've waited years to, to fire on in Chelsea and whatever. Everyone's you know entitled to their opinion, however stupid those opinions are. Uh, but this is a moment where Chelsea have one objective, in my mind, <laughs> between now and the window is figure out how to fucking score goals because the defense is not the issue. The midfield performing relatively well. The ball has to go in the back of the net, and I am not a coach. I am not a tactician. I am not a scout. Uh, I don't work in the front office, but it is the one problem that we have at Chelsea on the field, which is scoring goals. If you can score goals, we could be right back in this thing. You know, we're only six matches in. So, you know, that's the good news. The bad news is we have to figure out how to do the hardest thing in football, Dan, and that is uh, put the ball in the back of the net. You know, it doesn't seem as hard when you look at other teams who <sighs> have not struggled. <laughs> have not struggled recently. Some some teams putting in more goals than Chelsea have scored this season in a single game over the last weekend. So, um, yeah, it's a bad spot to be in i think it's a bad spot when for two matches in a row the player that i would praise the most is uh, is bob for another really really strong performance in keeping chelsea in the game uh six i actually saves. think six saves uh i think chelsea lose two two nil three nil if he didn't pop up on a couple of them and uh yeah i mean he, he didn't maybe do the best job on the Watkins goal like that that also was like just the weirdest angle to score off of like I think that was a you know he did a lot of good work and that was kind of an undoing I think of you know a, a combination of a couple of people um I think the attack just still is not as ruthless as we would like um you know players taking shots versus taking shots on target taking you know setting up other players to take the shot when they get set up to take the shot, they try to pass off the shot. When we get great crosses into the box, nobody's there to pick it up. And Mudrik had, I think, a couple of good deliveries that could have really went wanting today. Um, I think some of the players do look tired right now. Like, I think Enzo did not have as great of a game as he's had recently. And that's unfortunate, too. I mean, Nico has to play with a little bit more of an understanding of the Premier League and what's going to get him cautioned to now miss a game through suspension this early in the season is a really bad place to be in. And if Broya was not back healthy, like, unfortunately, I think he's going to get tested probably sooner than he needed to by virtue of the suspension. And the point I was making earlier, Brandon, is like our just our attack is not timed well where we're seeing these offsides, we're seeing the movement of the ball from midfield or from the wings into attacking positions, but multiple times this match, the player was offside, and it would have been actually a really great start for the attack, or like the DeSauci goal. It would have been a really great goal if we could have timed it better. I think it all really just comes down to attack. You know, at, at the end of the day, we can we should still be overcoming a one nothing you know, goal in these matches. We did enough to score. And we have in all of these games. And I think that's the frustrating part is that just time after time, it's not there. So I'm looking at foot mob right now. I'm looking at injured and suspended players. I don't think we have a shot until mid, eh, probably early to middle November. Because that's when Carney Chukwameka is going to be back and Christopher and Kunku. At this point, I don't have, like, we've tried all of the different no, patterns. I thought Nkunku was January. Well, right now, according to FootMob, so I'm just going to cite my source, someone has a different one, let me know, saying early November, and I think he's going to take a while to get back. You guys, I'm going to keep going. You update me. Either way, until we get a Chukwameka or we get an Nkunku player back to fill the void and to push Enzo back further where he needs to be, we've tried almost every combination. We don't have Matawake. How big of a difference is he going to be? Raheem Sterling is doing a good job on the right wing. It's not like we need Matawake right now. That's not a problem. 
Mudrick has showed he can be effective on the left, right? And if you need, um, Cole Palmer has showed that he can provide some some insight, some some good play. Ian Matson, we have not seen, right? At the like, what we need is the creative player because it, it hasn't mattered who's on the wings and it hasn't mattered who's up top until we get a cam, a number 10 back in this team. That's when we looked our best at the beginning of the season and in preseason. And I still have said, and <laughs> Gungu's going to be our high school scorer and it's looking pretty good right now. I still am unfortunately winning that prediction, um, which I was getting, you know, understandably some, some stick over. So I, I think like even Reese James comes in like now we're in a pickle with, Gusto going down and we'd I don't really know who's gonna be the right back. Probably Disasi and and Chilwell comes in left back, but it's just more unforced nonsense that Poch has to deal with. But um it's number 10. The number 10 is the one thing this need team needs. And probably to Nick's point earlier, Ivan Tony is looking real good right now for January. And because Broya is gonna come back. It, I, maybe Nico Jackson's not the guy. Maybe he's not getting the service. We don't know yet, but I don't know. I, I mean, let's let's not, again, six games in, right? Let's not do the thing that all these Twitter accounts did today, which is want to burn the whole thing to the ground and start over, which I, I don't think is, uh, one, it's not even feasible, and two, it's not going to happen. We knew that Nico was going to be a streaky player, Right. Unfortunately, it started off that the streak is not the one that we wanted. So, you know, who knows what happens? Maybe he really turns up against the big teams, right? Maybe the count, maybe the fact that other teams are going to have more of the ball in the league is going to help him, you know, get on counterattacks better and get one-on-ones with goalkeepers and stuff like that that we saw he could do at Villarreal. You know, again, there, there just aren't a whole lot of options except that the team has to play better space better i think dan that was a, a call out that you had like some of our spacing in the final third is just abysmal like the, i was watching the spacing that newcastle had today scoring eight goals none of their players got in each other's way none of their players seemed like they were overlapping right next to each other and taking the ball away from each other their players knew where they were supposed to be generally and then had the freedom to make movements i don't know what's happening in our final third coaching but we seem jumbled you know, all across the board. And I would hope that that improves dramatically very soon. Yeah. The interesting with Jackson is so his shot on target amount has gone down pretty significantly from his time at Villarreal, which was, I, I would say maybe an unsustainable 56.1%. Um, yes. It's at 36.8 right now, which is still actually not terrible. <laughs> um considering that his expected goals are 3.8 he's scored one he's had 19 total shots i think that would maybe be even though he's gone up so he's averaging more shots per 90 in the premier league this season it's potentially about the volume of shots too like he registered technically one shot this game um that is concerning, particularly when it should be a more free-flowing game like you talked about because we didn't have 60 70% of the possession of the ball. Like we actually were, it was a more even game between the two sides and he was getting an opportunity to attempt to break lines. He just can't be offside. It can't be being caught in transition and not getting a chance to take advantage of the timing when it's there. And so... I think it's about the mid, it's about the service in, but it's also about the availability of the player to receive that pass when it's coming in. And for Jackson, it's also beating the defender he's up against. Um, I think this suspension hopefully is a good learning lesson for him about like what, what does and doesn't fly in the Premier League. Like he is not going to be able to dissent because he's not getting a foul called in the Premier League that maybe gets called in La Liga for pulling back or a little more aggressive play. So I think Brandon, there's, there's plenty to maybe see what happens now with Broya being back with Palmer getting maybe some more opportunities. We're coming really quickly into another match and there's going to be a lot of maybe experimentation Poch can do with certain players, maybe feeling a little bit fatigued after playing this match and having another quick turn. 
Yeah, I think the defense needs to be shaken up, refreshed. Um, midfield, definitely. But it's like, who do you put in, right? Who is fit if if Lavi is out? I think Leslie's looked good, man. I, I mean, I, I really sure. think Ugo Chukwu is is someone who I I could see as a really sneaky young player of the season type guy. Like he's really strong, right on the ball. Does not suffer fools. He's he looks bigger on the field than I than I thought mm-hmm. he would look, um, which I think is more Premier League ready than I thought he would look. Uh, his calmness on the ball was great today. And in, in periods where Chelsea seemed really frantic, he would receive the ball and then just make the calm pass out to the wing or to another midfielder like Connor Gallagher. He loves a tackle. You think he won two tackles as, as he came on late in this game uh, in transition that broke up. I, I think this guy it, right now, like if I'm Lavia, I'm sweating bullets because he looks good and he's healthy. <laughs> and so if I'm looking at ways to to shift this thing back, potentially he sits at the base and lets Caicedo and, and Enzo have a little bit more space as eights. But I mean, more than that, I think Enzo has to get back into a six territory. He has to, he has to be more of a playmaker from deep and we have to figure out some person, Cole Palmer, Matawake, some person to come into that number 10 role or play two strikers up top, you know, play Broya and, and Jackson together. If you're not going to, if, if Poch refuses to play another number 10 besides Chukwameka or, 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 uh, sorry, Nkunku. Uh, Nkunku, then play two fucking number nines up top and just let Watson them play off each other. during preseason, right? Like he's been underutilized in this squad, but I, I do think Cole Palmer needs to come into that central again, like let him play the number 10, you know, midweek, there's got to be some refreshing. I don't know to stick or twist on Enzo. Like, do you let him play against Brighton or do you rest him just for the minutes and take a, take a breather? I don't know what to do with him. Right. Is it, but I mean, a, the, the best answer is to play him in his proper position as we've been saying, which Poch doesn't want to do and fine. He's smarter than us, but I guess like, Dan, do you sit him the, midweek or do you, do you keep him out there and just force him to figure it out? We're playing Brighton. I think the thing, it might be that the squad feels too thin at the moment to maybe do that. I, 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 as someone who maybe pointed out that Enzo is not the best performer on the day for Chelsea. I mean, maybe you do Ugo Chukwu, Gallagher, and Caicedo as your midfields and that could be an option. Maybe you put Palmer on one of the wings and you put um, Mudrick on the other with Sterling centrally. Like it, it, none of it's great. Or you put you know, Broya in there and give Sterling a little bit of time off um, that and there's, it just doesn't, you know, it's, it's doing a math problem with, uh, you know, the worst possible end <laughs> equation at the moment because you're missing uh, what you would love to be using in terms of the the players that uh, are currently unavailable. I, I don't, like, typically this would be a match where you saw a bunch of young kids on Wednesday. Um, no, not not happening. Not this one. No, no, no. I mean, first of all, you're not playing that many matches this year, so that, that can't be the excuse. If you're tired at this point in the season... Just wait for December. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna feel like last year in the in the fixture congestion category. Uh, everyone who needs to play better should play on Wednesday. Like you, we need reps in these guys. We don't need we don't need huge starting lineup shifts. You know because of you know the cup competition that we're in. Enzo's twenty one. Caicedo's twenty one. Broya's twenty one. Like all these guys are young. They're, these are not. You know, maybe you rest Thiago Silva uh, at midweek, but that's the only guy that I can see resting. And it's like Dsauci, congratulations, you're now our right back, <laughs> or, or or you play Matson out there if if you can get away with it, right, for one match. But like, again, Dan's right. Like, it's there's not a whole, there's not another eleven to come in and play here. Like, no, it's it's pretty thin. You might see David Washington. Is, yeah, I mean, the thing that you, you cannot afford to do at this point is get Broya stuck back in too quickly and re-aggravate an injury. Like, that would be devastating. 
For sure. Well, uh, I think we're starting to scenario play a little bit, and that's what I want to do after the break. So we're going to take a last one here. Uh, think of sponsors, and we'll bear it back. All right, so post-ad break, this is what we're kind of talking about. It's like, what can Poch do to, to reinvigorate this side? What can we do to jumpstart this team? We've got Brighton midweek, which almost feels like terrible timing at this point, right, in the League Cup. Then you got to turn around, and who do we play after that? I feel like it was someone decent. Fulham. Fulham. So we got Fulham away, which is thankfully uh, essentially a home match because they're so close on a Monday. So you've got some days in between. But right now you almost, I don't know, like, Dan, do you want matches midweek? Like, do we just keep them coming? We fight through it or do we need the time off in between to kind of settle it? I haven't figured out which way I want to go yet because, you know, when your hand is hot and you're winning, you're just like, keep the games coming. Don't stop. Keep the games coming when you're in a prolonged period of badness, it could go either way. You need a win. Like you just need a win for the sake of winning at this point. Like, I don't care if it's a cup. I don't care if it adds an extra game later or displaces another game. The, the vibes are bad. The mood is bad. The aura is bad. The lemons are rotting on the desk. Like we need the positive energy that a win brings to uplift the team and uplift the side and uplift the supporters who, and we didn't talk about this, but we got multiple reports from people that we know who went to the game, who talked about the atmosphere. And, you know, there's sometimes is a disconnect from the way supporters feel online and the way supporters feel on the ground and it feels like they actually are, are much closer together in the way that they feel at the moment. Maybe not as extreme <laughs> as some of the online contingent, but the level of concern, I would say borderline disgust in terms of the performance on the pitch, the unhappiness with how Chelsea as organ- organizationally are operating right now, and the um, particularly after like the article came out about like putting Chelsea in the best position to win uh, and win now, like it just isn't coming to fruition quick enough. And we're kind of, uh, I think Nick, you've used the phrase before, like we're writing, you know, writing the checks that our mouth, you know, our mouths writing checks that uh, we can't actually cash. Like, Like we're not cashing right now. So go win, go win and give the team something to rally around. Yeah. I mean, everything that we do at this, at this point in the season needs to center around winning. It can't center around the manager's ego. It can't center around player egos. It can't center around the owner's egos or the, or the staff beneath them. Everything you need to sell out to win period. The only way the narrative changes is if Chelsea rip off three or four wins, wins in a row and start to build momentum this season. The only way this bad feeling stops is if you are competitive in matches against the top six and win a decent amount of those matches. If you if you are a person who is like, regardless of what happens to any other club this summer, Chelsea should be top four. Chelsea needs to start winning and winning quickly. And they also need to win matches that right now I don't think we have a chance to win by playing a lot better, right? I know we restructured the wages of this club. These guys get paid way too much to not be able to finish in front of goal, you know? And to me, I I just look at this whole scenario and, you know, I think that we we could talk about some lineup tinkering, Brandon, what we, what we'd like to see, you know, as non-coaching experts, uh, but we, we have eyeballs Uh, to me, sell out. I don't care if it's, Uguchukwu playing in front of Kaiseido for the rest of the season if we're winning. I really don't. I don't give a shit. So uh, to me, this is a this is kind of a big moment at the club. It's not to say it's a do or die moment quite yet, but they need to they need to get in the gear pretty quick. Without a doubt, guys. Again, I just you know we are so thin, especially without Malagusto. Trev is injured. Reese James is injured. You even look at like, okay, how do you shift the line? So Dissasi goes to right back. Um, like what? I mean, you you have Levi Colwell if you want to rest Tiago. That is you got he's day to day, right? So he's on he's his still groin. At the end of his uh, his injury recovery, 
that got set back after he was getting close to being ready. So then are you doing like a Kukurea chill well double left side? Do you go to oh. back three? Do you even either way, you essentially you're stuck playing Tiago Silva, who just turned 39 match after match after match, right? And we know he doesn't have a lot in the tank. Like poor touch today. That sucks. That was very uncharacteristic of him. Uh, again, don't step and leave your guy one on one, yada yada. We'll get there. I just this is this is tough. This is tough for Poch and for fans. Um, I think just going in for the kill right now to the jugular, it's tough because what what do you want to do? There's not a lot of changes you can make. You really just need goals to go in. And playing Brighton is no bueno right now. Didn't they just lose in Europe? They did. So great, they lost Europe. What do they do? Turn around and come back and win three one today. Midoma with a double. Right, like they're still a good team. They can manage themselves. I wonder what they're going to do going into this and if we have any advantage. But as I talked about Matt Law, and I'm sure you guys did in the preview pod, Villa went to Poland before this match, lost, came back, and and got the victory, undeservedly so, with the red card. You can't at Chelsea lose to Nottingham freaking Forest, lose to Villa, red card, and all this stuff, have all these chances to score and not do it. So I don't know. I'm worried that Brighton's not going to go well. You crash out of League Cup and you try to pick up the pieces away to Fulham at the weekend. They're not terrible, but they shouldn't be a bogey team for this side. But the mental cracks are there. And again, I just it's I don't know what we can do right now to to kind of paste over. I'm actually like gen, genuinely at a loss of trying to think what to do. And um, I, I'm open to suggestions. But it's not simple. Whatever the fix is, it's not simple. I think we just need a break of luck. We need a big break of luck because we haven't we've had the opposite of that so far this season. Are both Gusto and Jackson out for this game? Because Jackson's of the red card. Not. Does it carry to lead cup? Jackson will be, right? Um will be available it's... or suspended. The, the jury's still out on that one. He may or may not be suspended. Gusto is definitely going to be out with a red card. I think red cards carry over because it's an FA competition. I think the the suspension is Premier League, but we'll double check. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I mean, either way, I, you're pushing Broya to play ninety essentially, or eighty, or a false nine, someone else in there. Yeah, it's going to be false nine. I mean, I I can't. He did run down concert, whoever it was, at the end of the match. <laughs> yeah, again, I know we're desperate, but I mean that has to be a concern. Um, you know, kind of slotting him in that early. Uh, look, I think Palmer needs to start. I think Matawake could start. Uh, we could see Matawake and Sterling potentially kind of form a, a partnership on that right hand side. Um, you know, I think more than anything, when I look at this team, like we know that Brighton play a fast pressing style of football. So you need players who are comfortable on the ball and you need players who are willing to make one or two touch passing to break their lines. Like Brighton is not some invincible football team. Like West Ham gave you the blueprint as to how to play them and beat them very effectively a few weeks ago. Uh, Defend really well, hit them on the counter. They will eventually break down and they'll implode. Um, I think playing balls over the top like we did later in, in the match today is a really smart play against Brighton kind of, forego the midfield in, in a lot of ways if you can get the right set of wingers out there. Uh, I think that Mudrick could be especially dangerous against uh, their back line if he gets the ball in any sort of space. Um, and I think if you do play Enzo deeper, you need to make sure that you shield him uh, on the defensive side that, you know, in case he does give the ball away, that it's not an automatic kind of counterattack your way. These, these are all the things that if you watch that West Ham game, they did incredibly well. And they also did something that we have not really shown this year without getting a yellow card, which is be tough, be bastards. Um, you know, West Ham have a bunch of bastard-coded bastards on their team. We can't seem to do that without getting a yellow card. I think we need to be a lot more subtle dark arts in this game. Um, you know Deserby's out for, you know, for some retribution, but this is not impossible to do. It's just improbable at this point. So I think I've decided you got to play your strongest 11 until you can turn it around. Then you deal with fatigue and the results of that later. 
totally to agree. your point, I'd be interested to see Mudrik again with like a proper left back, lovely white, but he's not a left back with like a Chilwell or a Matson or even a Cucurella behind him and see how that does play out. Because obviously, Dan, he was a lightning rod again. Everybody wants to talk about Mudrik, how good he is, how bad he is. I think everybody is left or right. No one is standing on the fence when it comes to Mudrik. You have to wait and see. There are some moments, but that could be one thing that, you know, maybe, but especially as Nick was saying, if you want to break a press, putting the fastest guy in all of Europe out there is a, probably a pretty good way to do it. Well, it just makes sense that's going to happen with Gusta being out because you have to push Chilwell back in from the front into the left back. Everybody shifts right, and then Mudrik gets an opportunity to start on the left wing. So it just feels like a natural movement for that one. I don't necessarily know if there's too many other changes we can expect outside of the Brea potentially as the, the starter. But there's just still a lot to... I, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, look, winning against Brighton would be a very, very good remedy for the current case of blues that all of us as supporters have. It's not enough, though, right? Like we've said, no, it's but be, it would be no. I agree. A, two, a short three, term relief. Yeah, we're looking for two, three, four right now to to like make it go away because I think we're all just so worried going at each match, and rightfully so. This is happening on my birthday as well. And so I'd really just like to not have to record a sad pod on my birthday. Well, the, the rules are if it's a sad pod, you don't have to record it on your birthday. If okay. it's a happy pod, you're more than welcome to join us. I love these I love these new company policies that we're putting in place. It's just Look, it's uh it's 2023 and uh, the LIBP HR department is uh, finally being stood up. <laughs> sure. Sure thing. Yeah. A, a sad pod on, on one's birthday is just not the ideal scenario. You know, I, it's really it's a tough look for everybody. So for yeah. everybody. Um, all right. Well, we didn't do Dan in the match. Right, Dan? No. But if I had to pick one, it was Bob. Even with yeah. the goal through the legs. I, do you want to imagine how worse it would have been? <laughs> Did it go through his legs? Yeah. I thought it went like between arm and hip. Damn. What a weird angle. Um, okay. Uh, we didn't do it for obvious reasons because we lost. So if we just look around the Premier League, because we got to keep our head up and, and understand what's happening. Um, Newcastle absolutely housed Sheffield United 8 nothing. right? So here come the memes. Newcastle scored more goals in one match than we have all season. Um, Brighton beat Bournemouth 3-1, which is probably an expected result out of them right now. Uh, the North London Derby apparently was super exciting during our match, right? 2-2 there. Uh, the Human Son show, Liverpool beating West Ham three to one, which is a good result these days with the way West Ham are playing. Liverpool continue to be able to score goals without an issue. Uh, Manchester United barely beating Burnley one nothing. Uh, Everton beating Brentford three one. Shouts my boy Jeff who was at the stadium and sending us photos and clips. Uh, Everton even they can get goals right, like disgusting to see. And they're <laughs> quite and they're honestly, terrible. yeah. Luton won, Wolves won, and neither side looked good. So uh, dial Wolves up real quick. Uh, Palace Fulham nil-nil draw, and then Man City scoring two in the first 14 minutes, Rodri freaking out, and ending 2 nothing against Forrest. So, um, uh, again, no no one slipped up, right? No no favors were done for us this weekend. No. I, it's so sad to see Tottenham playing so well and we're playing so shit it just if really you were is. sports better you probably cleaned house this weekend because everything you would expect to happen happened except us maybe yeah we uh we set 14th yeah dan table time right man city first they've got a uh, perfect record 18 points liverpool second on 16 points brighton third on 15 points tottenham fourth and 14 points arsenal fifth on 14 points so that is your top five uh we're in 14th on five points and relegation is Luton in 18th on one Burnley in 19th point on one buffer baby and Woo. Sheffield in 20 with one and thanks to their negative 12 goal difference after today's ass whooping um so yeah we're four points off the relegation zone and we're at a negative huh. one goal difference but I mean I guess Luton, like we Burnley know. and Sheffield my goodness so <sighs> thankful for you three it's just a t it's a tough ugly gross start um, a, a, a terrible way for Pochettino to get things going, 
but we got to do something different. And the problem is a lot of things are stale and you look at our bench. There's not a lot of things you can do outside of Cole Palmer, you know, maybe Chilwell or Motson. Other than that, hands are kind of tied right now. Well, and if you win one match, let's just say you win the match against Fulham, the best you could do is getting up into 10th. And that's hoping that none of the people above us between 10 and 14 today, 13 today actually end up getting any points between now and the next match. So like we are, we are what we are. We are a currently a mid table team at this very moment in time. And we are the mid table trending down to the bottom half of the table. Well, Potch even talked about it, about the project, Nick, and his pre and post match and everything about it. Well, um, the project is being, can, is, it's being pointed at. The flashlight is on it. Everybody wants to know what really is the project. Um, I think it kind of feels like some, some consultants came in, uh, gave us that fancy deck presentation we bought, and now we're trying to figure out what it is we bought in terms of this project and how it's going to turn around. So unfortunately, not a lot of time off. Yeah, and, and look, until you start winning, they're going to keep hammering him. They're going to keep hammering... Chelsea Twitter, they're going to keep hammering everything. And, you know, it's, it really is up to the players to show the quality that they get paid for at the end of the day. Um, you know, it's, I, I think we in the past have been pretty reasonable with our, you know, and, and, and effective with our criticism of what was happening at the club. Uh, constructive wouldn't even, would be another way to put that. You know, for me, there, there has to just be a massive uptick in output from guys who you're paying a lot of money to to do what they're supposed to do. And if they can't do it, then they don't play. It's kind of the way that it should go in, in, a, in a sports team. So, uh, you know, obviously the, the manager is going to get the, the largest amount of flack here, and that's probably a good call. But, you know, these problems have gone back four years now so time to time to buck some trends all right well that's going to do it for us today we will have more content coming at you this week uh as we mentioned a lot of different stuff on the feed uh per usual as we try to keep it fresh and alive so anyways that's going to do it let us know what you thought if you have ideas and solutions let us know uh drop them in discord best way to get our attention get a hold of us so anyways that's going to wrap it until next time chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high Oh, 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 oh,